0: I joke about it, but honestly, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be fabulously famous or anything like that. The, the peak of my goals at this point, cause you know, you, when you, when you start out and you're young, you're just like, I'm going to be the best at blah. And then as you get older, you're just like, I'm, I'm aiming for adequate. Uh, I would like to be not hit by a bus. That's I'm about... at the point now where, like, my my goals in terms of renown are really just to reach a point where brands send me stuff unsolicited. Uh, okay,
1: you yeah. know, like yeah.
0: I I see people I see people that I follow on Twitter who get random shit, and I'm just like, that would be nice, just to just to like, here's a gift box of stuff from Marvel's Avengers video game, and you're just like. Cool. Okay, yeah. Why not? You know. And like, even shit I don't care about, I could at least gift to somebody else. Like, save me trouble in Christmas shopping. That's all I ask. Hello and welcome to The Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show that will absolutely sell out at the first opportunity. Just send those offers.
1: Yep, I'm Max
0: and i am jr chasing the almighty dollar yep uh how's it going oh it's going um this
1: last 2 weeks seems to have gone by in kind of a blur uh but hopefully this week i'm a little more prepared because i read all the comics in the last 3 days instead of cool 2 weeks ago so yeah hopefully we don't For get me, to the... it,
0: was, it was last week, but I retained them more yeah. than I did, like, yeah. Hopefully, it's not. I swear
1: to God I read this. Um, <laughs> but, no, I got nothing. Yeah. Which, as we were saying, or as you were pointing out before we started recording, is uh, pretty much a good thing at, at this
0: point. I have no news. Oh, yeah. thank God. Yeah. I Personally. It's... It's the the longer this shit goes on, the more I realize why that old oh. thing about like may you live in interesting times was a curse. Yeah. Like I I'm done. I, I went <laughs> off.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's, so, been, yeah. it's been interesting times. So I've been watching uh Loading Ready Run does a panel show called the panelists and i've been watching episodes from their first season which is from 2018 and they're like and because the world is a dumpster fire and i'm like oh you sweet children
0: oh Oh my god oh you have no idea
1: i wish it were 2018 (laughs) yeah like i look back at that and i'm like oh we were committing crimes or the u.s government was committing crimes against humanity
0: sure but, <laughs> I mean, oh. it's, yeah, it's really reached such a breakneck pace Um, that, yeah, it is, it's like, if you were to do a time lapse, it would just be like, regular dude in 2018 just being like, man, 2018 sucked, hopefully 2019 is better. Uh, And then 2019, it'd be the same dude, and he's just like, well, 2019 was really shitty. Uh, Come on, 2020. And then 2020, dude, will have, like, scars, an eye (laughs) patch, and a hook, and there's, like, explosions (laughs) in the background. And it's just like, can I go back to 2019? (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah, this year,
1: I mean, I know there were... uh, the worst is yet to come, but like this year has been, uh, so, so much that I look back at 2019 and I'm like, I remember thinking 2019 sucked, but I can't pick any particular point. Like I, there's no like comparative thing, you know, now where I'm just like, what specific thing happened in 2019 that I was, that we were all up in arms about. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Everything's too, too logged into my... And then, as you said, it's so breakneck that, like, yeah, all you gotta... It's like the old joke about the weather in Kansas, right? Yeah. Like, if you don't like it, wait 15 minutes and something new will come through and... That
0: uh, will be so much worse. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> like oh no it's kind of humid i hate it uh it's thunderstorm i hate it okay it's hailing i hate it okay the tornadoes are here i hate it okay the tornadoes are full of razor blades i hate it
0: (laughs) the tornadoes are on fire and full of razor blades now son of a bitch i
1: (laughs) is that fucking cthulhu
0: (laughs) yeah okay all right yeah that's about
1: where we're at so uh let's do some news
0: yeah so few things number one eternals number one has been pushed back into january um which okay like Who's on that book uh kieran gillen i think is uh hang on uh the uh The thing is, I can't really get that worked up about it. Not just because I don't uh, care that much about Eternals, but also, like, I, I feel like since the movie isn't coming out until next year anyway...
1: In November.
0: Yeah, I... It doesn't. It's not like the movie's coming out tomorrow and the comic got pushed back. It's just kind of whatever. It's like, it's fine. It's no big deal. Push it back if you need to. Um, but yeah, it's Kieran Gillen and... Uh, where the hell is it?
1: It's Saad Ribic.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: So, mm. I... I worry. Okay, now I worry less because it's Karen Gillan, whom I really like. Uh, but yeah. but like, if this feels very, let's put, let's make sure the Eternals are firmly established in six one six. That way, it makes more sense in the movies. And I hope that I'm wrong because
0: that sucks. Well, I, I mean, either way, it's a, it's a cynical move in that they just want there to be a comic alongside the movie. Sure. Which, all right, that's fine.
1: That's called synergy, bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. Uh, But like I said, I just, I don't, I don't care. It's Moving amazing. On. We yeah, it's amazing <laughs>
1: we don't have more and better news considering NYCC was virtual this
0: week or last. Yeah, week, or one of the two. It was it was this week because the Modoc panel was yesterday. Okay. Uh, so I guess it's which, still happening. Okay. For those of you out there, we record on Saturdays. So yesterday yeah. being Friday. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, regarding the King in Black, um, Donny Cates has apparently said that the, the King in Black storyline is going to fundamentally alter Venom's role, uh, within the Marvel universe, which, okay, I,
1: yeah, like what? what the hell does that mean and
0: why and And it's i don't here's the thing i i don't pay that much attention to these sorts of proclamations simply because i've heard that so many goddamn times after an event or in the lead up to an event where it's just like this is gonna shake the marvel universe to its core and then like they don't I it's it's fine like it's okay if sometimes it's just like it was just a cool story I wanted to tell and like after it's over nothing will be fundamentally different uh but you'll have you'll have been happy you spent you know 20 bucks on a story or whatever like just everything's gotta be fucking world shaking and it doesn't no it can just be know.
1: a good story. That's that's fine. Um, yeah. Oh well. Uh, so sure. I don't. You know. Is this the culmination of the uh, n- the null is coming?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Yep. Oh. Um, and don't get, and don't get me wrong. Like the whole storyline, what I've read of that has been interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. But Sorry. I. I guess I can't really get that, you know, that worked up about Event Hype at this point. Um,
1: Everyone, that was my phone, not yours. I'm
0: sorry. I'm, <laughs> I am muting it now. Uh, so other stuff. Um, everybody's pooping themselves about the some news regarding Spider-Man 3. Specifically that... Uh, apparently Jamie Foxx has been cast as Electro again, and Doctor Strange will be appearing in a mentor role in the movie. Um, people are excited because this, to them, automatically means live-action Spider-Verse. Number one, I don't think it necessarily inherently means that. Let's not jump the gun. Um, Simply because, I mean, yes, Jamie Foxx being cast, alright, Jamie Foxx being cast as Electro, sure, but honestly, personally, I don't want to see him as the Amazing Spider-Man 2 Electro because that blew um (laughs) like the only the only good part of amazing spider-man 2 was gwen's death everything else was hot garbage gwen and peter's relationship throughout the course of that movie was garbage electro getting like his teeth fixed because of the eels was garbage like just all of that. And and if anything, like I'm worried about Wonder Woman 1984 because Kristen's wig's character reminds me of Jamie Foxx's Electro. But whatever. Yes, okay. I get it. The next Doctor Strange movie is being called Into the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And his being in Spider-Man 3 plus the Jamie Fine. But also like
1: let's all his... calm the shit let's all calm the shit down because like the last thing the MCU needs to do is start doing epic crossover bullshit like the comics get up to. Like the comics can get up to it because they have enough fucking space, right? Yeah and time. It doesn't take as long to make it takes a long time and a lot of work to make those epic crossover thingies happen right but like it doesn't take two and a half years
0: so right and i let's and not. i think it's i think it's just it's way too early to yeah. be calling this shit like you know further on if we start seeing images of Jamie Foxx as that specific Electro mm-hmm. okay if we start talking about how uh, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be appearing sure but like here's the thing Doctor Strange appearing in the movie also makes sense from a standpoint of Tony is dead and Stephen Strange in the MCU is basically Magical tony Stark he's Tony so, but
1: he's Tony, but magic he right. always has been, and that's fine right. I'm not dashing that I'm just saying like he, it's whatever, but he fills the niche fairly well,
0: yeah, um, and so you know there are any number of other reasons why Stephen Strange might be appearing in this that don't involve the multiverse. There's been talk of the fact that, you know, he may be there just to deal with the fact that uh, that Peter's secret identity has become public, mm-hmm. um, like he did in the comics. Right. So, who knows? It's way too early to tell on that one, but, you know, cool, yeah. whatever.
1: It's way too early to tell on a movie they can't film. Right, like they can't yeah. even do. They can do writing and maybe some pre-production as far as like location, uh, not scouting. scouting, not scouting, but like reservations. But yeah. even then, you don't know when you're going to be able to do this again. And yeah, film I mean, set. This, a film set is not the kind rate. of place that you can. Well, I mean, I know we talked, The virus is literally everything, but like, a film set is not. The kind of place that you can just wear masks, social distance, and hyperventilate. Right? Then no, <laughs> yeah. none of that works. Um, yeah. I mean, we know that because football doesn't work. That's all. no Well, and that. we
0: know that because every time they open a open up a set, they then have to close it back down because, of course. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. What else? The we other got? thing is Modoc. Uh, so first of all, entertainment weekly did a, a, a first look at the series and then yesterday was a panel about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I will say up front that the entertainment weekly, uh, the Entertainment Weekly first look didn't exactly give me a tingle in my bottom. Like, I... <laughs> here Here's here's the thing. So, Jordan Bloom, the showrunner, was talking about the show, and the way he's describing it is that, like, well, MODOK has a family, um, and his marriage is on the rocks, and he's trying to balance both his family and his schemes with aim and he's doing badly at both so aim winds up being bought out by a tech giant from silicon valley called Grundle, grundl g r u n d l um and so he winds up you know trying to maintain his position within the organization as a guy from Grundle is like, you know, blah 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 whatever. And the here's the thing, that all sounds terrible. Yeah. And it's because when you strip the context from comedy, it becomes terrible. Um when you when you have nothing to go on other than here's a situation that happens, that's awful, um, because to me, so base, Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. So much. So much of comedy is based on how it's handled that that does not make me want to watch the show. Um. Because there's nothing. There's no there there. There's just yeah. a premise. And premises on their own are only as good or as bad, especially in comedy, as the people doing it. Now, I like Patton Oswalt's comedy, so yeah, you know. But the problem
1: I have with the thing that you just described is that feels a lot like oh shit, what's his name. Family Guy and American Dad, basically. It feels oh, very... Oh, yeah, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, it feels very in that vein. And I'm like... Ew. I mean, fi- fine. But, like, there's not a lot... Again, like, that's not going to help me see it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean... And and this is, this is something that I get annoyed with in terms of the way our society is now, where... Uh, where we just need we require news and content all the goddamn time yeah this is too early for a first look let me see clips of the show and that's when i will decide whether or not it looks worth watching because when it's just if you were if you were to describe any the premise of any classic episode of you know a sitcom or anything else um devoid of like all of the things that make that work yeah if you're just saying well so a woman is working a candy conveyor belt and she can't keep up that's nothing that's yeah. that's garbage that's but you put Lucille Ball in that situation and of course you have a completely different yeah context for that premise by the same token if you were to say like you know four friends decide not to jerk off for a while and see who can last the longest like that's okay but like something more please yeah. so, you know It's the it's the same sort of thing, the the concept of grundle, or grumble. Sorry, not grundle, grumble. I was wondering. (laughs) Whatever, (laughs) you know, um, that in and of itself is trite. Um, we have so many things like that in popular culture where it's just like big tech. DuckTales has that sort of thing so like that on its own doesn't doesn't do anything for me um it depends on how it's going to be handled the guy from Grundle or Grumble Grumble not Grundle yeah you are gonna say
1: Grundle so just embrace it It's Grendel All
0: I'm doing is reinforcing the incorrect pathways in my brain. I know that, but it's still... I'm still fighting it. Um, The, you know, the guy from Grumble is being played by Beck Bennett. Beck Bennett is legitimately hilarious as Launchpad on DuckTales. So, okay, you know. But, again that that doesn't mean i like beck bennett and everything so uh,
1: um co or co-creator jordan bloom uh two biggest jobs or and longest running jobs community and american dad yeah so i mean well
0: and like you know i like community american dad isn't as bad as family guy
1: I'm going to defend American Dad. I haven't watched it in a while, but Soren's on, um,
0: yeah. Soren, you know, him being on there elevates it somewhat in my opinion, but you know, still it's, it's been a long time since I've watched American Dad. So I can't really comfortably comment on what American Dad is now. I didn't particularly like American Dad back in the day, but no, whatever. The other the other big thing is I guess in the course of the uh of the panel they were talking about how uh they're going to be using some X-Men characters uh which is the first time we've had any real crossover between those between the X-Men and the larger Marvel universe in film and television in a long-ass time right um, so, you know, depending on what characters we see, uh, you know, I, I guess will determine how excited I am about that because, you know, if it's Adam X, the extreme, then again, comes down to how they're playing it. But yeah, uh, uh,
1: Morrison Phantom X. <laughs>
0: Mm. Uh, but you know, it, like I said, we'll see the actual, the actual anime, like they had pictures of, um, stills from the show and the stills, they look fine. I'm surprised that it is, uh, that it is stop motion, but whatever. Um, It is really frustrating to see headlines that are talking about, like, uh... Modoc is Marvel by way of Robot Chicken, as though Robot Chicken invented, uh... stop motion, but... whatever. I don't know. Time is gonna tell. Like I said, it's way too goddamn early for a first look. I... Show me something concrete. Show me characters I, playing roles.
1: I, uh, I am... I am a lot... Uh, okay, so I'm going to be a little more charitable and be like, I am allowing all of this crazy speculation because we literally, you know, especially in this space at the moment where it's just like, we have nothing, fucking anything. And uh, people are starving for this shit. So they get a little carried away and I'm like, all right, man, you need this.
0: Yeah. And I I recognize that in addition to that, like the original slate of shows they were going to do has been winnowed down to nothing. Yeah. So like, this is all people, you know, if Tiger and Dazzler and some of the other shows that they were talking about, what was it? Howard the Duck and Hitmonkey... Yeah. uh, Stuff like that. Like, if some of those were still going, maybe we wouldn't be in this... But I do also think that, you know, this predates a lot of this stuff.
1: And I think that
0: if you... If you start looking at first look stuff... I mean, all you have to do is look at something like Epic Mickey, for example. Like, this is a prime example of how if you are looking at stuff from too early in the process Mm -hmm. you are going to be sorely disappointed because you know epic mickey a lot of the design work on that was fucking awesome and then the game that came out was just bullshit um (laughs) but whatever whatever um should we do comics we should probably do comics. Okay, I I feel like maybe we can do a relatively quick quick episode this week uh, because I feel like if I spend too long on uh uh on Jack Kirby's Black Panther, I will have a hate stroke. Um, yeah,
1: that's definitely a possibility because I so. was. I ha- I have a few things to say, like right up front, like my initial reaction upon opening the book. But we'll, we'll get there. Let's do let's do this Fantastic Four.
0: Um, Fantastic Four number one ninety nine has a cover by Keith Pollard and is written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Keith Pollard, inked by Joe Sinnott, colored by Janice Cohen, uh, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Marv Wolfman. If you'll recall. Uh, where we left things off last time was uh, Doom had uh, forced Reed Richards to regain his powers. Reed's powers are actually stronger than they were before, but having made his way back to Earth, he's now been captured, and the Fantastic Four have been loaded into this machine that is going to transfer their powers to doom's quote-unquote son um in point of fact it's his clone but whatever um he is uh he is like doing his standard doom uh victory spiel when helpedman comes in and he's just like hey so zara zara these Rebels still running around the castle? Should we do something about that? Um.
1: He's like, fuck you. I'm in the middle of something. I'm aware of it. Thank you. And he's like, yes, but uh, Zorba is out there too. And he's like, oh, for God's sake. And he goes to the balcony and just raves at them and is like, okay, well, he starts out very "I I am your benevolent sovereign doom. And he's like, this is this is not the way we should behave before there's a peaceful transition of power. Guys. Yeah. And Zorba screams out, You're wrong! He's not even your son! He's a clone! I've seen it! And he's like, Kill him! And yeah. they immediately start shooting into the crowd. Uh, everything goes kind of apeshit with the crowd. He runs downstairs and is like, I gotta go sh- make sure that Alicia's finished the um the statue that she's making of him uh which is really mainly to get us to check in on Alicia and make sure she's still okay
0: and she's still is. alive yeah
1: and uh he's like helpman you're in charge pay attention to the thing uh he's like standing there hating doom wishing he could get away um and uh then a giant elastic fist pummels through the orb Containing Reed. He stretches out and starts to free the others, or shuts down the process and frees the others. Haltman's like, fuck this, I'm gone! Uh, yeah. And leaves. They. Everybody kind of gets their feet under them when Doombots attack.
0: Blah, 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 blah. Doom, doom, doom. Um. The Fantastic Four are recaptured and the coronation proceeds. However, Zorba fucks things up for Doom and the uh and the Um God. The Fantastic Four move to stop what he's doing. Ultimately what we get uh is The, um, Doom orders his clone son to destroy the Fantastic Four. Uh, The son, having now started developing the powers of the Fantastic Four, refuses and turns turns on Doom. uh, And, you know, proceeds to uh, have a full-on battle with him. Um, the, uh, the outcome is never really in doubt for one thing, because doom the second doesn't have the full powers of the fantastic four, uh, but also because he's just not doom like he's, he is, but he's not. Well,
1: also he renders himself useless to doom, because, well, he doesn't do it on purpose, but the, since the process never completed, because it got interrupted when Reed escaped the first time, the the thing aspect of him is like half on, half off, so he's kind of just scaly, to which Doom is like, oh, your face is fucked. Mm, you know what? Never mind. Experiment right. over, and he murders it. Um, right. because that was the whole plan was to transfer his consciousness into this new perfect body and then he would be doom with all the powers of the fantastic four and look like he always did yeah um, <clears throat> so he ends up killing him um and we are promised to a showdown between reed richards and dr
0: doom yeah um so then Fantastic Four number 200 has a cover by Jack Kirby and Joe Sinnott and uh, Gaspar Saladino, colored by Francois Moulet uh, edited by Marv Wolfman Mark Grunewald and Jim Shooter The Reader's Digest version of this issue is as follows um, Doom makes his escape and orders his Underlings to take the finished statue to the UN. Um, the, as we had established in an earlier issue, the statue itself is hollow um, in the uh, in the lower section, and it turns out because it's because Doom has placed a um, device in there that will allow him to seize control of the un how this inherently leads to world conquest is not clear um yeah the un must have had a more important
1: role in the 70s than it does now because it's largely a let's get together and denounce some dictators i guess i don't know sanctions they do sanctions
0: it's It's one of the it's one of those things of if you were to try and take over if I went out tomorrow and decided that uh I was going to take over the world by taking over the u n all I'll have really accomplished is taking over the u n um yeah. you' basically now, get a really cool building, and that's it <laughs> you know now. It may be that by doing so, you know, controlling the various ambassadors, maybe they could perhaps talk the presidents of countries into doing something. But that, I mean, what level of access does an ambassador have that a world leader like Doom doesn't already have is, I guess, the question. And I don't know, you know... All I'm saying is taking over the u n all you've done is take over a bunch of ambassadors, and that's not nothing but it's it's not world conquest um
1: it's it's a plan with a lot of question marks in the middle right take over u n question mark question mark question mark question mark question mark question mark yeah question mark question mark question mark conquer the world um
0: Doom meanwhile escapes to New York um and so what happens is the the Reed Richards portion of the Fantastic Four goes after Doom and the rest of the non-Reed portions go to the UN uh the device at once it's in the UN it activates and Doom is able to use the ambassadors to attack the Fantastic Four, though it's worth pointing out, these are normal people so I don't know what again, what that was supposed to accomplish Um, but they are ultimately um, able to stop it Um, Reed meanwhile has his showdown with Doom and I I have to admit it's a good fight like it's a they, really good fight. They range uh, throughout dooms upstate New York lab um, and you know there there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of back and forth where one moment Reed has the upper hand, because he shorted out Doom's armor, but then Doom is just like, am I not Doom? And then he does something else. Like, you know, it's it's what you want from something like this. So if you if you want a full blown like Reed Richards is out to fuck Doom up. Yeah. Um this is this is the issue for you. Well, and um, it's
1: it's cool because it as as a fight goes, right, like it's rare that we get one with so many different stages, right? Because at first, Reed comes in the lab and confronts Doom, and he's like, you're a bastard, and I'm going to kick your ass. And Doom's like, no, you're a bastard, and now you're in a trap room. And (laughs) (laughs) Reed, then that's cool, so Reed has to, you know, escape this room, that's full of traps and electrified and lasers and a guy with an axe and all that stuff. And after he, you know, successfully manages those traps, then the fucking floor drops out from below him and there's fire there and he's like, shit. Uh, And finally, to get out of the room, he squirrels his way through the... an air duct of some kind into a gas um, canister. And then he reinflates himself to burst the canister and free and it's like all of that's really neat then he goes and I, into the and i
0: will say keith pollard's art is on point here i've really oh yeah like in these last few issues i've really liked pollard's art and mm-hmm. uh, he definitely delivers here sorry go ahead
1: so then he you know goes to the main main lab the I think we've seen this a couple of times where it's a room where the light inside of it would drive you insane if you didn't have the proper filters on.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I think at one point we kinda touched on it. It's basically if you don't wear special glasses, the refraction from all the crystal in the room will yeah. literally drive you insane.
1: So he Reed grabs a pair of goggles and they go at it again. Right? Like and it's clear That even though he's had his shit pushed in by this trap room, it's like, no, I'm not, we're not fucking around. Like, this is not talking. Um, And that's when he puts the thing on his back to render the armor useless, but he's still Doom. Like, they fuck each other up until Doom finally freezes him. And he frees himself after the device is set off, and then they they just go ham at that point. Yeah. Um and Doom looks like he's going to win until Reed pulls the mask off his face exposing his eyes to the lights and he goes goes down. Well, he goes down.
0: Ostensibly <clears throat> what happens is he sees his own ruined face uh reflected back at him millions of times over. And it drives him mad. Um, So, once that's done, Reed is then able to deactivate the device at the UN, thus allowing them to deal with it. Um, The end result of all of this is, of course, that uh, Doom is now uh, mad and, you know, in a hospital somewhere, I guess. Uh... He seems to be
1: in a hospital prison in Latveria.
0: Yeah. Uh, Zorba is now um, back in power. Uh, And... Okay. You know, like... This I have a bit of a problem with because... Installing... Installing the guy whose dad was king before Doom took over, I don't think is necessarily the way for it. Like, I have no overt problem with Prince Harry as an example. Other than his having dressed up as a Nazi for that party or whatever. But like, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are just like, Yay, Prince Harry. I don't think the solution to Donald Trump is to install Prince Harry as King of the United States. Uh, you know, even well, if the even if the fundamental systems of the bro of the country are broken I don't think the answer is monarchy again. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: well, he does say I'm only acting as until elections are held next month. Yeah, yeah. again, uh, the we know how that goes sometimes, but uh, yeah. Hope Zorba seems okay, so hopefully he'll keep to that. Um. Uh. Hmm. Anyway, the very end is the um, the statue has been returned to Latveria and its face crumbles.
0: <laughs> because yeah.
1: metaphor.
0: Yeah, the the thing about it is like I said, I, I really like Keith Pollard's art. Yeah. Um, and he's not someone I was really familiar with with previously. So... That's fun when you discover an artist that you did not know before that you're now just like, "Hooray!" Yeah. Um and li- and like I said, you know, a lot of a lot of the lead up to issue 200 just spends a lot of time flapping around. <laughs> like yeah. There's a whole lot there I could do without the Red Ghost stuff. I could do without like a lot of the side bullshit Um, but issue 200 itself kind of redeemed some of this just because it was just a great knockdown drag out between Doom and Reed Richards and the first time we've really seen that I mean we've had we've had stories at this point like in in twenty twenty, we've seen stories where Reed is so is pushed to the ed- edge to the extent that he goes just full on psycho on Doom. Um, mm-hmm. But this is really the first one where that's actually happened, and uh, I dig it. Like yeah. fuck yeah! So.
1: Well, and he's been given his powers back, and he's, like, pumping on all... This is very... These two issues are very Reed-centric, at his most Reed, too. Because there are a couple of times in between this where he's like, Don't bother me right now, I'm thinking. Uh, And, like, doing very... Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. It was mostly... It was both issues are very heavy on the read, but like that's i guess the goal there is being like we're finally pulling him out of this rut mm-hmm. you know because he's been insufferable for like 10 issues um, and more <laughs> like yeah probably it's been a, a while. while and uh, this is it's good i'm i'm glad to see that the team is back and i'm glad to see that he's Kind of got his head out of his ass, so.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um. Unfortunately, we go from that to Black Panther number one. Uh, okay. So yeah, do the thing. Sorry. Um. So the cover is by Jack Kirby and John Verporton. written by Jack Kirby, penciled by Jack Kirby, inked by Mike Royer, colored by Dave Hunt lettered by Mike Royer, and edited by Jack Kirby and Archie Goodwin. I do want to say up front, if you'll recall, the last solo T'Challa adventure we had ended abruptly and with nothing really resolved, Uh, and Jack Kirby just could not be bothered uh, with continuing that. He's now doing his own thing top-down, so anyway... Go ahead. So yeah, I I open this book, because I tend to not
1: look at covers very long, but I open the first page and look at the creative team, and I'm like, oh no. Just late stage Jack Kirby is not the guy I put on Black Panther. Um, it's just... Because the last few stories of his... Like the Killmonger arc had problems but it was overall very good and the payoff was fantastic um whereas and it just is not the kind of story jack kirby is interested in telling because it's a little too convoluted for him right like he likes his metaphors fairly straightforward and his story is also kind of straightforward and that's what we get here um light on the metaphor this time but You
0: know, uh, okay. I, here's the thing. I, I will get my geek card revoked for this. I'm just, I'm, I can't with Jack Kirby. I reckon, look, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee doing Fantastic Four. Cool. All right. Um, you know, early Marvel Jack Kirby fine um and i certainly recognize his role in the overall uh industry uh and stuff like that when you have jack kirby by himself doing whatever he wants and we've encountered this with eternals we've encountered this with captain america i you know new gods i just can't I just can't with Kirby's new gods. Uh, no new gods in general. I have to really struggle to give a shit about most of it. Um, but especially when it's just Kirby doing it, I'm like, no. And other stuff I've, I've tried to read of his, I it's, it's, bad I'm sorry i really i really want to i want i want to be on board because I feel like and uh i I feel like a blasphemer here I yeah. feel like i'm i'm like I feel like I'm over here just like you know um I mean Jesus is fine and all and i'll 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 recognize that he did a lot of a lot of good, um, but also, meh. and like yeah, the entire, like that, <laughs> that's, the, entire that's the feeling, yeah, Church of Kirby is looking at me like, the fuck did you just say? Yeah, <laughs> so, it's very
1: but like, and that's, that's the other thing. Like, I can't get any more worked up than, eh, like. I've been and and this you know I've been told my entire comics reading life that like Jack Kirby is king right like yeah. he's King Kirby and uh, then I read that Captain America with the exception of like parts of Mad Bomb parts you liked I think everyone liked that more than me um, I thought it was okay but I read that Captain America run and I'm just like this is weird and not in the good way like it just doesn't feel right and that's what we're running into here as well with captain america or with black panther i will say eternals i'm okay with uh in a give i'm okay with giving jack a corner and being like go do whatever you want yeah but You don't have to touch any of anybody else's toys. You can do all the weird, um, shit that you didn't get to do in New Gods. You can do it over here. Um, and it's not touching anything else. Um, and I, it's like, because of that, there are parts of Eternals that I'm like, okay, I really like that idea.
0: And that's about it. I, I don't know. Uh... I also I also want to touch on the fact that, you know, I mentioned this to you in passing. Um, I don't know what the deal is with Jack Kirby mm. and Little People. I I'm I'm not the person to dive into this. No. A because I don't want to, but no. B because like I, that is that is not a thing that I feel right, even really taking a deep dive into, but ultimately, I think it's really odd, and I cannot find that anybody's addressed it right that Jack Kirby has a thing where like if you if you were to make a list of All of the characters in comics who are little people. I feel like you would find a good chunk of them were created by Jack Kirby. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I'm not trying to say a thing. All I know is there are two in the ten issues of Black Panther we read this week. And... It's
1: very much a, uh, I don't know what this means, but I noticed it. Anybody want to help me out here? Yeah. Please. Um, am I making, am I making, is it not a thing? Uh, Maybe it's not a thing. And
0: it may be, and it may be that it's simply a matter of Jack Kirby felt that, you know, different sizes of people were more interesting visually. Sure. It may be as simple as that. I don't I am,
1: know. It may be as simple as the fact that the man was like five two, um, so he's a short dude. Um, I, I do Honest to God, we don't know. Um, but it just feels like something somebody would have noticed by now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and it, and again, and this is not even to say, I think it's a bad thing. No, no, it's no, no. Just no. it's a statement of. It's a thing I noticed. Yeah. And nobody talks about it. And right. I don't know. So I don't know why it is. Yeah. Um, because I literally I was sitting there go- trying to Google like Jack Kirby plus little people and like <laughs> nothing. But whatever. Yeah. Anyway. This goddamn book. Okay, so. Let's do it. Black Panther, instead of following up on where we left him, uh, winds up in the company of this guy named, of all things, Abner Little, uh, who is a collector, um, who is on the trail of King Solomon's Frog. And they, they follow the trail of this frog uh, to a guy who's been killed. Um, while they're there, they're attacked by an Aztec warrior. Uh, little explains that the, the frog is actually part of King Solomon's treasure and that it is a time machine. Uh, without its second component part, it is incredibly unreliable and just kind of does whatever it wants. So it results in all of these situations like Alibaba and the genie, uh, the Loch Ness monster, blah, 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 blah. Um, so now the, they, they collect the frog. Um, and then are able to, um, uh, Abner wants him to help him find the other part, which will be ostensibly in, uh, King Solomon's tomb. Um, in the, in the process, um... They run afoul of another collector named Princess (laughs) Xanda. Not to be confused with Big Barda. Right. Though it's understandable that you would. um, And Princess Xanda is a whole bag of worms herself, or a can of worms herself, uh, that I, again, not the person to get into this at all. Um, Um They hop into a helicopter and take off for um, for King Solomon's tomb. Uh, but then they are beset along the way by various mercenaries in the employ of Princess Zanda. Um, they they head to. Um, little's base um but princess zanda is waiting and she shoots abner little in the chest um there's a big altercation during which the frog gets shot (laughs) by one of the weapons uh which causes a man from millions of years in the future to be transported to their present. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's. I can't even with this. Uh, moving on. <clears throat> yep. All right. Uh, so, Black Panther number two has a cover by Jack Kirby and Frank Giacoya, and is colored by Patrick Oldberg and edited by Jack Kirby and Archie Goodwin. So, this dude who comes through, it turns out, is called Hatch22. Um, and he's from the far-flung future. And um, the the various people of uh, with their Xanda and her men attempt to attack this thing um this does not go well and it turns out he can like he has like a third eye in the back of his head that he can use to just destroy anything behind him because you know why not um but the black panther like falls to his knees And it's just like, and the the Hatch-22 is just like, oh, okay. Like, let's investigate this. But it turns out, because Black... Or it turns out to be a ruse as Black Panther is just looking to attack him like all these other fucking assholes. But, uh... So... It turns out Abner Little is not dead. He was wearing a bulletproof vest. They are able to... Abner Little, I think, shoots the Hatch-22 with a dart gun, which puts him to sleep. And they're like, okay, well, we need to hurry up and find the other thing, the other part of this so that we can return this thing to where it belongs. Uh, so Xanda's like, yeah, okay, then we'll hash out our shit. So... Uh, they or I'm sorry Hatch-22 gets briefly knocked out by Black Panther's uh, attack, starts to wake up and then is shot by Mr. Little Yeah, as Um, he's,
1: before Abner wakes up and as the Hatch-22 is already, is on the ground, that's when we get the floating ectoplasm showing just how
0: and I don't care.
1: Like, how powerful this being is and that it's, it's supposed to be setting stakes where it's like, we really need to get this guy gone because he will, He has way too much fucking power. Yeah. Um, so uh, they, they knock him out and uh, go to one of Abner Little's rocket planes in order to get to... The tomb.
0: All right. The tomb of Solomon. Yeah. So Black Panther number three has a cover by Jack Kirby and John Verporten. They make their way um, to the tomb of King Solomon, which is located in Africa. Um, I think it's in this issue that we find out that the other piece Is a second frog. which, I mean, if I were, if I were designing such a thing, personally, I would make it like the frog is the machine and then the like control piece is a lily pad. Sure. Or something like that, instead of it just being like twin frogs. But whatever. I'm not Solomon. So, um, I... I have never suggested a baby get cut in half. So, you know, all the poorer me, I suppose. Uh, but they uh so they head to the um to the tomb as they're arriving Hatch 22 starts to wake up, not fully, but like enough that he's now a danger again. Yeah um so they they now have to make their way through the tomb of solomon to find this other frog um and while they've got hatch 22 dogging their heels along the way they run into this ogar um that is guarding the entrance to the tomb they fight it, but ultimately they wind up like tricking Hatch 22 into firing at the Ogar, which destroys it. They are able to find, or uh, able to get into the tomb and just start like digging through everything they can. They find the second frog and are able to send Hatch 22 back to the future that he came from hooray uh Black Panther number four has a cover by Jack Kirby and Frank Giacoya colored by Irene Vartnov um so there wind up being more dangers in the tomb of Solomon honestly who cares um They are able to use one of the other devices within the tomb to destroy a robot guardian. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Xanda tries to grab the frogs, but in fact, uh, Black Panther grabs them from her and destroys them, which sets off a chain reaction that destroys the tomb. They flee and find a flying chariot uh which they use to escape from the tomb once they are outside princess zanda's uh troops find them and they are taken back to nerobia um and black panther's like okay cool well fuck you all bye Thanks. Bye. Uh, but they're just like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Let's just let's talk. Um. So they. Mm, God, I hate this so much. Black Panther and Mister Little are brought in to meet with the other collectors, and they're just like, hey. So we want you to go and find this water. Um that is located within a fabled city of uh lost samurai and Black Panther's like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I have my own shit to deal with. And Abner's just like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. This is a big deal. I mean, this is, this is proof of something that's only ever been, uh, you know, whispered about. This is, this is huge and uh so they're just like come on do it and he's like no (laughs) and i wish i could say that this ended here but it does not um because in black panther number five they're just like hey listen i know you're not super jazzed about the idea of undertaking this what if we threatened Wakanda with a nuke? Yeah. And Black Panther's just like, ah, fine. Uh, Abner Little, meanwhile, is super excited about this. So they they take a craft because planes in this series just do not last long at all. We are now on our... Fourth? Fourth plane. Because there was the chopper, the multiplane, the flying chariot, which crashed, and now this thing, which will also not survive. Um, the, uh, they are on their way to where it's supposed to be. Uh, they're forced down by an attack of some flame. Um, plane goes down in a lake they jump out and swim away they are then attacked by a yeti uh, black panther smashes it in the face with a rock and uh, it's at that point that they are then beset by a fucking samurai because why not um, black panther number six is colored by sam kato uh this issue they are they fight the samurai and uh Black Panther is able to defeat the samurai but um the samurai the samurai wants Black Panther to kill him Black Panther's like no I'm not doing that take me to your people and they can determine what to do with you uh so they do and of course it's a super futuristic asian city inside a mountain uh being run by immortal samurai and black panther goes and holds court with their leader little meanwhile takes off and goes and finds the water of immortality um the only way for The samurai, the Black Panther, defeated to regain his honor is for um, the Black Panther to fight some champion. Um, Black Panther does so and defeats the champion. The Ronin samurai that he fought earlier gets his honor back somehow. I don't really think Jack Kirby even knows how the, how this is supposed to restore the dude's honor, but whatever. Um, but as they are about to, uh, you know, as they're about to work shit out, Mr. Little comes running through just being like, I got the water. Let's go. Yeah, Um, he's
1: trailing a bunch of guards too. And it's, Possibly the most funny part of this whole read is is just him being like, "I got it, let's cheese it," and I just like, um, yeah. T'Challa's gonna be mad at you, and you fucking deserve it. Yeah. Um, The only other thing that happens in this issue is we get a brief aside that the government there's been a coup in um, Wakanda. Right, that puts a guy named Jakara, is that right? Jakara in um, charge,
0: um, and he's and, he's small too, he's small uh,
1: too, and he's also been hanging out on the vibranium mound that he's not supposed to be doing,
0: right? Yeah, he's just, yeah, yeah. So, in Black Panther number seven, uh. They manage, to, um, they manage to get themselves cornered, uh, at which point Black Panther is like, give me the fucking water. <laughs> and so he takes it, returns it to the samurai, and uh, the samurai are like, fine, our business is concluded. You can go. Uh, so they are loaded up into a sub and leave. Uh, while this is going on, Black Panther decides to fill in uh, Mr. Little on like the entire history of his country, apparently. So he starts talking about how, you know, the vibranium mound uh, was formed when a, an asteroid from outer space crashed in Wakanda. Exposure to raw vibranium causes people to mutate into demons and so on and so forth, and that's why uh, access to the mound is incredibly restricted. Uh, I think we also... Is this the issue? We also get a bit of, uh... No, I think that's later. Never mind. Um... They arrive back on dry land, only to be immediately picked up by Princess Zanda's men. Um... They are brought before the collectors, at which point Black Panther's just like, yeah, well, I had to give it back to them. It was the only way we were going to escape with our lives. We and were Mr. going L- to die. Yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Little's just like, well, actually, I'm a sneaky fuckhead and I managed to uh, steal a small vial of it. So everybody starts fighting over it. Uh, Black Panther is just like, well, I'm fucking done with all of you. Yeah. Takes off in the process. The vial of uh, water is smashed. Fuck everybody. Um. And so Black Panther, uh, steals steals a- another aircraft. We're up to five aircraft and a sub now in in seven issues of black panther like black panther is harder on vehicles than the x-men and the x-men are fucking hard on them yeah they Uh, blow up
1: a plane at least a week once a week
0: yeah yeah so yeah i mean with the x-men it's like it's a pleasant surprise if they return with a plane (laughs) uh and it happens to be the same plane they left in sure But Black Panther is just like, that's nothing. Um, I will, I will go through five fucking aircraft in a single adventure. Um, Yeah. So uh, he steals one of their planes and takes off back to Wakanda. At this point, we then discover that Jakara has actually exposed himself to the vibranium. And he is changing. Um, ah, God, I just want this to be over. Black Panther number eight is colored by Glennis Ween. Uh, so, on his way back to Wakanda, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where Nairobi is supposed to be in relation to wakanda right because uh, if i'm not mistaken wakanda officially is in um eastern africa um if i'm not if i'm not mistaken now you know uh he passes over a fairly large body of water here and the impression that i got was that that it was an ocean but I don't know how specifically, unless he swung out over the ocean. Because Nairobi seems like it's in Africa too, right? Yeah. So did he swing out over the ocean uh, while escaping only to turn back in and then head for whatever? In, in this large body of water, he sees a couple dudes uh, who have... Who have had a bit of a, a a boat issue so he helps them <laughs> but then it turns out that uh, the two men are this gangster and one of his men um, they try to force uh, Black Panther to take them where they want to go and he's just like I, I don't have time for this for this shit um, so he throws the plane. <laughs> into a tailspin one of the one of these dudes fires off a uh, a shot which destroys a fuel line the plane crashes because that's just what happens when T'Challa is around I guess Um, and uh, at that point the henchman is killed and the gangster Nikki Scarpo is knocked unconscious uh, black panther pulls him out and starts walking with him across the uh, the desert uh, in Wakanda jakara is now he looks like um what's the red thing from eternals oh uh, uh crackus, carcass 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 he looks kind of like carcass because it's jack kirby drawing um and so yeah he starts destroying everything um and starts making his way toward the uh vibranium mound the the guy that was in charge while t'challa was gone calls together what what he can of T'Challa's family and he's like, T'Challa's not here, you're of the royal bloodline, fucking do something. Right. But like one of them is a young doctor one of them is a race car driver, one of them's one of them's a woman and I don't recall I don't recall being what told they, what she does what she does other than she's the woman yeah. and one other guy. I forget who he was, but I think he was old. Cool. Yeah. So we've got the old one, the young doctor, the race car driver, and the woman. Yeah. Great. Um they are they are basically press ganged into doing something and they try and fail um, <coughs> they manage to survive uh but that brings us to Black Panther number 10 uh which means we are so close to being done with this uh Black Panther number 9 uh sorry did I say 10 Black yeah. Panther number 9 has a cover by Jack Kirby and is colored by Irene Vartnov. um the two things that happen in this are that, uh, A, the um, in the course of making his way across the desert, T'Challa stumbles across a science fiction movie. Um, they are found and nursed back to health somewhat by the crew uh, who then are just like yeah um glad you're alive the authorities are on their way and they want to talk to you and Bla- Black Panthers just like no I have to leave and they're like well no we they told us they need to talk to you and he's not having that so he uh, takes off... Um, leaving the criminal behind to be collected by the authorities um steals a jeep which is now our seventh vehicle um and the Sudanese authorities send two white guys in a plane uh one of the 17 white guys in Sudan um Well, and I tried to figure out, like, was there still, like, a colonial power in charge? And no, no, there wasn't. So, I don't know who the fuck these white guys are. (laughs) Like, whatever. Uh, We don't get any... The thing is, Zanda's men are explicitly described as mercenaries at one point. Yeah. These guys we get no explanation for. They're just white soldiers in sudan whatever so they come after him in a plane which he steals uh making he steals the plane next issue well he he surrenders himself in an attempt to get in close yeah in order to steal the plane which he steals for next issue bringing us to eight vehicles Six Six of which are planes of some sort. Meanwhile, back in Wakanda, we have the uh, Black Musketeers, who have all put on Panther costumes and are now each doing their own separate thing in an attempt to. They're each sort of bringing their own special skills to the um, to the fight. In that, like the race car driver relative hits him with a car (laughs) and stuff like I mean like that's what it comes down to. Yeah, we have a plan. Um they're able to knock out Jakara, but they they take him back to this I don't know, underground room and there's a big debate about what to do with him. The fact of the matter is he is still family. So Joshua, the, um, Joshua Otobo, the young doctor is just like, I can cure him. Let me do it. And N'Gasi, the guy who brought them in to handle this is just like, no, it's way too dangerous. We need to kill him. Um, so, They start working on it, but ultimately it becomes a moot point because Jakara gets loose and starts heading back toward the mound. In addition, he's now gained um, blasts that he can just shoot from his palms uh, because why not? So... Sure, at this point. Yeah, so he is headed toward the Vibranium Mound. That brings us to, thank God, Black Panther number 10, with a cover by Jack Kirby and Joe Sinnott, colored by Roger Slifer and edited by Jack Kirby. Black Panther hijacks that goddamn plane and makes his way back to Wakanda. Uh, As he gets there, um, the Black Musketeers are getting ready to do something else, and he's just like, I got this. Um, we find out how bad it would be if Jakara were to reach the mound. Uh, basically if he is, if he makes it to the mound, he will be able to set off a chain reaction via sound, um, that will destroy the entire planet. Um so this this leads them to a plan where Black Panther will uh fight will fight the fight Jakara as they attempt to uh administer a um a <sighs> something that will stop him it's not a cure but it will at least stop him and save the planet Uh, Jakara manages to make it to the vibranium mound and starts the chain reaction but then Black Panther is able to administer the the juice which causes Jakara to explode and the mound is saved but T'Challa is buried so let's talk, let's talk these ten issues. Uh, um, okay.
1: No, <laughs> uh, what do you, um, so
0: If you don't I, I guess it, if you've sort of blown your load, that's fine. No,
1: it's it's more like I just don't I just don't know what to say other than like So okay, I I guess my reaction to these is I read these after work. Or I read books after work. I don't usually get started on reading them until like six thirty or so and I'm sitting on the couch, and you know get up, you know read an issue, get up, move around, do it, like that kind of thing um, and I know I'm having a bad time when it's about nine o'clock at night and I fall asleep, yeah. reading the reading the issue, and I did that. I only got. I my goal was so like, and this is how bad it fucked me up was. This was Wednesday night, I think. My goal was because I realized, or no, it must have been Thursday. I realized how short the issues were, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna push, push my way through to number ten, and then I get to reward myself by playing Spiritfarer, and uh, then I'll go to bed. And I fell asleep in. In the middle of number seven, and just woke up and was like so groggy that I just looked at Joss and I was like I'm a I'm gonna go lay down. Bye. <laughs> and she's like, okay, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm just asleep now. Um, and I did. So, I, what I'm trying to say is that these issues ruined my evening.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I. Here's the thing. So. I've been dealing with a lot of back problems, a lot Mm -hmm. of back problems to the extent that like, I will sit and wait until I, if I have to, if I have to piss, I will sit and wait for as long as I possibly can because it hurts so much to get up. Uh, I will, I will wait until I'm literally busting to piss. Yeah. um, Stuff like that. So a lot of my time like I do the reading for the show and then I've been doing a lot of just reading of my own when I'm not doing school with Moira um, and reading these issues I kept thinking God do I need to go clean the kitchen like do I need to do literally anything else no matter how much it will hurt just so that I don't have to read these and And as I said, I don't want to be this way. I want to like Jack Kirby. I want to like... I
1: I, I think we need... Or at least maybe I need to clarify. Like, I want to like all the comics. Right? Yeah. Like, that's my first and for Like, I never... With this... Daredevil. But, like, I want to like... I want to like all the comics. And even, you know, Daredevil now... Like, I think I... That's. Um, I was excited when we first started reading uh, Eternals, and I was excited when Daredevil like took a took a turn in the last two weeks where or three weeks where it was like, oh, we're getting close, something good's starting to happen. Um, like yeah. that's the thing that I want is like I want to be excited about these books, especially the ones that I've never read before, and this is hard because it's not that it's bad right it's boring and that's the part that's just like why i fell asleep
0: yeah i just you know yeah there because were it's... there were very few comics that i read uh that i i go into them wanting them to be bad i the only... There's no reason
1: to do that. Like, how do you spend... Like, don't spend your life that way, right?
0: Like... Yeah, no, I... It's a waste of time. The the only thing of late that I've gone into just, like, I really hope this sucks is, uh... Is The Magic Order by Mark Millar. Because I was... I had... My first exposure to uh... My first exposure to The Magic Order was uh, was that there there's a character in there who is an escape artist. And in the book, it's legitimately just like, I've always been an escape artist ever since I escaped my own abortion. And I'm like... Oh, Oh, Jesus. God damn you, Mark Millar. And at that point, I'm like, I have to read this just to know how fucking awful it is. And even that, I'm like, I'm like that one abortion scene aside. It's OK. Like, yeah. it's fine. It's not great, but whatever. I I love comics and I want to enjoy the stuff that I read or why fucking read it but right. exactly but yeah like I don't I don't want to be this way I don't want to be the the seeming like fringe of the comic industry that's just like Jack Kirby's okay depending instead of just being like Jack Kirby is the best of all time. And it's just like, is he though? Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. I have, I have a lot of, I, my own opinions are completely subjective. One of my favorite movies is fucking tiptoes. So like, do not, do not think that I am saying that my own, my own, uh, taste is superior, I will never claim that. I like what I like, whatever. I wish I could get on board. I have tried to get on board repeatedly. I cannot tell you how many times I have tried to read the early New Gods stuff, and I just fucking can't. So... Alright, so that brings us to Marvel Team-Up number 63 uh, which has a cover by Dave Cockrum, Frank Giacoya, and Danny Crespi written by Chris Claremont, penciled by John Byrne, inked by Dave Hunt, colored by Dave Hunt, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Archie Goodwin. And man, I have a really hard time because I really like John Byrne's early artwork but I hate everything else about him (laughs) (laughs) I hate his writing I hate him personally like I don't want to I generally don't hate people but I really don't like who John Byrne is Uh, and so yeah but man these early like John Byrne stories shit i love his art um the art in this is so good um
1: and yeah. honestly uh we are we um this is like preview for my opinion but like uh this was after the slog of black panther this 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 is a really good story and um yeah it it, it was again like like i was saying Two weeks ago, uh, or whenever. Two in one and team up. You guys don't have to try this hard. Like, it's fine. Yeah. And this is this is really good. Okay, let's go.
0: Well, it's nice because we finally get to wrap up kind of all the dangling plot threads from Iron Fist's book after it was canceled. So, Iron Fist is doing some training. Uh, and then he changes into his civvies when Peter Parker shows up and he's like hey I'm here to take pictures of your house and Danny's like okay cool yeah come on in uh Peter's like oh by the way there was this note taped to your door uh and it Danny sees it and he's just like Now is not a great time, actually, Uh, because the note is just the steel serpent being like, hey, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's time for me to kill you. This is a challenge of a formal challenge of combat Uh, to the death place and time. And uh, yeah, he's like, "Um, actually, I remembered I have another appointment Uh, leave. And Peter's like. Peter gets outside, and I love that he's just like, I've heard the, I had another convenient appointment enough to know when it's bullshit. Um, And there he goes. So he sticks a tracker on the cab and follows after him as Spider-Man.
0: Right. Misty, meanwhile, is posing as uh, the girlfriend of Bushmaster. Uh, However, all of her undercover work is immediately just like thrown out the window because she finds out that iron fist is in danger. So she like breaks cover and is just like, tell me what you know. And they're like, Oh, what the fuck? And uh, so she takes off. Um, Danny arrives in central. No. Inwood park. Yeah. Sorry. uh, To face off against steel serpent. Um Spider-Man arrives. Um the fight begins and Spider-Man intervenes but is just like totally superfluous to this fight. An um, active hindrance. He yeah,
1: Spider-Man comes in uh steals Furp mm-hmm. and grabs him by the foot and uses him to whack Danny. Like yeah. Not just if Superfluous actively bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's at this point that the uh, the Steel Serpent is able to grab hold of Danny and drains him of all of his chi. Uh, Misty shows up and holds him at gunpoint and demands that he let Danny go and he's like, whatever. I've done what I came to do And now he's going to die regardless of whether or not I actually kill the deliver or deliver the killing blow. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, So he's just like, whatever, we'll see each other soon enough and takes off. That brings us to Marvel team up number 64, uh, which has a uh, cover by Dave Cockrum and is lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Bruce Patterson um they take iron fist to colleen's apartment um jaren sends a nurse and so spider-man misty and colleen try to figure out what they're going to do we we join steel serpent for a minute in order to kind of get a rundown of who he is for new readers uh and you know uh i didn't realize davos
1: i didn't realize that davos was actually his dad's age
0: yeah that was yeah
1: he's wendell's contemporary which i didn't right
0: yeah so uh davos was the son of lacun The the thunderer um and had fought his way through the various trials in order to be considered to go up against Shu Lao. Uh, however, in the final combat, he was defeated by Wendell Rand, and he was not having that. So he went to try and challenge Shu Lao himself, uh, but... Failed and uh, was injured by the dragon and then was expelled from Kunlun. Uh, Spider Man is like, there's no way that Steel Serpent is just going to allow Danny to die. He's going to come and try and kill him. Um, So he goes outside and waits, and sure enough, Steel Serpent shows up. The three of them go up against, uh, the Steel Serpent. It goes their way initially, except that Colleen is about to kill Steel Serpent when Spider-Man's like, no, we're heroes, or at least I am. We don't do that. Serpent is then able to, uh turn it around and kick the shit out of them. But then Danny shows up um, and starts uh, fighting him. Davos is surprised because he's just like, you shouldn't even be able to get out of bed. What the fuck are you doing here? Uh, however, during the fight, um the the power starts to eat Davos up like it is we find out exactly how how in tune with things Danny is and just how unworthy Davos is of the power Um, because while Danny is able to keep the power in check and keep it to just his fist when he wants it. Davos is. Both hands are burning, and it's slowly creeping its way up his arm and stuff like that. So, Danny grabs Davos. There is a huge burst, and when it's all said and done, Davos is seemingly destroyed. And. Uh, and. Iron, Danny has regained his Iron Fist. Uh, when it's all said and done, there's some wrap up where Danny explains that the power was destroying Davos, uh, and they have their parting of hero ways. Uh, then we have a brief uh, epilogue in Kunlun where it turns out Lei Kun the Thunderer. Had been watching the entire time through the looking glass that, uh, the august personage in Jade, which is to say, is it Danny's uncle? I think. Uh, yeah. I believe. He,
1: they changed, didn't they? Or has it always been Danny's
0: uncle? I'm pretty sure it's Danny's uncle. Okay. Um he's real he's related to danny um i forget exactly what but anyway the august personage in jade comes in and says you know finds lakeung watching and he's like you know maybe i've been rash in my attempts to destroy iron fist i guess we'll see whatever uh that brings us to our last issue of the week, which is Marvel Team Up number sixty-five, which has a cover by George Perez, Joe Sinnott and Annette Kowecki, and is lettered by Bruce Patterson. Um we now completely switch gears. Uh and um excuse me. Peter receives a letter from the Dean of the College saying You need to come and see me 9.30 a.m. On the dot. And uh, he oversleeps because it's Peter Parker. Uh, And uh, he gets there an hour late, uh, expecting to be told that his grades suck and he's being expelled or losing his scholarship or whatever. But in fact, the dean's just like, Um, relax. In point of fact, when you uh started, you had said that you were willing to host a an exchange student in your apartment. Uh we have an exchange student for you to host. Peter Parker, meet Brian Braddock, blah blah blah. I love the part so,
1: where he's like, Hey, you know, when you when you signed in to the to the you you told us that you were living off campus and that you would consent to all this stuff and peter's like he goes you signed the consent form and peter's like i signed a lot of things last spring <laughs>
0: yeah yeah
1: well and then he goes but... well but it also comes with 50 bucks a week welcome Rumi
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so peter agrees to it um and so uh he shows him around Um, and, uh, he's trying to figure out how he's going to approach this, how he's going to continue to be Spider-Man and have this guy living in his apartment. Um, as this is going on, uh, some British members of the Magia, uh, arrive at Heathrow airport to have a conversation with the, uh, assassin arcade whom I did not realize we would already be, uh, seeing.
1: I was like, holy shit. This is our, arca- this is arcade. Like as soon as it, yeah, you know, I read it in the paneled view. So like, it's just a privately owned, uh, 747. Okay. Uh, these guys are Mr. Arcade. No, That can't be right. And then you hit the next next panel, and it's like, holy shit, that's arcade already.
0: Well, wow. The first the first the first thing that happened is that they they make mention of Miss Locke, and I'm like, wait a minute, is that that can't be? We can't already be doing arcade, can we? Because his two like right hand people are Miss Locke and Mister Chambers. And so I saw that and I'm like, no, that's got to be a coincidence. And then it's like, nope, we're meeting Mr. Arcade. Oh, okay. All right, cool. And then, Uh, so there are two,
1: three, if you want to get into arena, but like there are two are like iconic arcade covers and next uh week and next week is the second one. Like the first one's the X-Men cover, but then the second week or next week's Team up cover, and I thought I always thought that was a Spider Man cover for some reason, not a team up book. And yeah. it's I'm that cover's rad, so yeah, anyway. Sorry, I was just ridiculously excited to see arcade for some reason.
0: Well, I mean, you know, arcade has been uh misused over the years. Um,
1: arena's the best use,
0: yeah, yeah, Avengers Arena was really a renaissance for the character. Yeah. But yeah, like the, the original, uh, the original appearances. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Um, so the, the basic idea here is that, um, the Magia have worked out a short list of people that they think are likely to have been captain Britain. Um, all of them are, accessible to them with the exception of Brian who is now in the United States so they hire Arcade to handle it um, the when when we rejoin Peter and Brian it's now late um, Peter is like okay Brian's asleep so I can go out and do my Spider-Man thing so he goes to go swinging out the window brian however wakes up and is just like i i think i'll go see you know what's but then he hears uh he hears something from within the room and bursts in even though it's locked uh and sees spider-man swinging out um Having heard that Spider-Man may or may not be a villain, he's just like, well, better deal with this asshole, and changes into Captain Britain. And what follows is largely a your standard sort of initial hero misunderstanding. This issue is primarily like they have a fight. They learn about like what the other can do. Uh, stuff like that. Peter discovers that Brian is able to fly because of the uh, scepter, things like that. Once they work out that it's a misunderstanding, you know, Spider-Man explains that he, you know, he and Peter Parker uh, work together, and so no, he was actually there just looking for Peter. uh, And Captain Britain's just like, oh, Sorry, I did not realize. Um, but also, if,
1: Peter's figured out Brian immediately, right? And he's yeah. like, oh, okay, so you're Captain Britain, huh? Yeah. yeah. But Brian, a idiot, does not see through Peter's lies. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, Peter's able to figure it out in pretty short order. Uh, so... Brian, you know, explains his uh his origins and we get it, we get a sort of truncated version of who Brian is. Um the uh they hide because Captain Jean de and some of her men are in the area having been called in because they were fighting. But then they're ambushed, uh, by Arcade's people in a, in a garbage truck, because that is Arcade's M.O. at this point in time. Jean DeWolf walks up and she's like, have you seen, uh, Spider-Man and some douchebag wearing a lion? And he's like, huh? Nah, nah, man. And they drive away. Um... I knew so here's the thing I knew that Peter Parker and I knew that they appeared in books together for a while uh wherein you know Captain Britain was sort of learning to be a hero from Spider-Man um I had never I had never read the issue that led to it mm-hmm. so you know it's cool that we're here. I now have context for it. Yeah. I liked Um, this
1: issue, even though it was kind of a ridiculous heroes fighting heroes. And we did a lot of that, but like, I don't know. I like, I like Brian Braddock. I like captain Britain's design. Like the costumes cool as hell to me. Um, he's the only guy that can pull off that fucking full mask, but the hair is exposed thing it's the only yeah. character I can think of that I like that I actually enjoy that um, it's it's fun I'm looking forward to it uh, a lot especially since it's like holy shit it's fucking arcade
0: yeah <clears throat> um, overall with with this with these few issues of uh, Marvel team up as you said yeah it is a welcome a welcome respite from the, uh, the shit show that was Black Panther. It was just Panther. such a
1: slog, and then it hurt. It just hurt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so top five. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top
1: Five. top five top five all right number five uh black panther bane of vehicles just any mode of transportation you want he'll destroy it for you um number four brian braddock an apparent idiot uh (laughs) just just homer all the way down apparently um when especially uh, definitely when it comes to like social cues because he's Does he still have no idea
0: that that girl was really into him? I don't. I don't think he does. I don't know
1: if that got wrapped up or not. Uh, I just don't remember. Holy number three! Holy shit! Arcade. That's just neat, right? Like I know it's Claremont and Claremont kind of Claremont, but like again, like we said several times, I didn't realize it was this early. I definitely didn't realize it was in team up, and this will be fun. Uh, number two, and this was kind of a t- this was tough ish. Uh, number two is going to be all of the Iron Fist uh, fights between him and Steel Serpent They were just yeah. so good. Um, yeah. They were well choreographed. They looked dynamic. The paneling was really great. Um, uh, it was they were they were fantastic. Uh, Speaking of fantastic, number one, uh, the Reed-Doom fight. Just because, again, that lasted half the fucking book. And was in several different places, had the stakes change on him a couple of times. Like, it was really good. So, that was a good fight. So that's me.
0: Yeah, mine was... Mine was hard, because other than other than the uh the just do not lend black panther your car uh no which was number six like there was nothing in those jack kirby issues that i'm just like hooray other than it was over uh <laughs> um yeah, yeah. Uh, so my number five, yes, doom has taken over your United Nations. <laughs> okay. Like, okay, that sucks, and, but and like, so, so that's, so that
1: means you've got like 200, maybe 300 hostages. Yes. Kneel before do. No, we're not going to do that.
0: Like president i am in control president still has the nuclear codes bro uh number four yeah peter peter works out captain britain's identity but brian is just like this spider-man is dashed cunning i wonder who he could be um just super smart um
1: physicist sure also dumb as a post yeah (laughs) like the i've met uh when i was in college and really really smart people in uh science departments that i'm just like you're also an idiot aren't you
0: yeah well and holy shit this this is one thing i like uh i mean we've made a joke of it but i do honestly like the fact that contrary to everything about comics because generally yeah. speaking in comics and associated media smart equals smart about everything. Um, right. You know, but no, no, you can be really, really no. smart about something, but also a goddamn moron just in general. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be
1: able to find your way out of a grocery store, but <laughs> an area designed to funnel you to the front, yeah. but also underst- could explain Planck's constant to me, what it means, and quote it out to 20 decimals. Um, yeah. Anyway, so.
0: Yeah, um, so, uh what was that no that was number four sorry four. i got sorry. kind of off track and uh yeah uh number three uh is uh keith pollard's art i really liked keith pollard's art uh just in general this week but also specifically uh in in that fight between uh mr fantastic and doom uh did not realize until literally just this second, Keith Pollard is uh black. One of the few oh. black creators they had going at this point in time. So wow. Um Neat. But yeah, all the same, like, shit, his art's really good. Uh number two is uh Mr. Fantastic versus Doom. Uh I'm a big fan of when that when that uh, rivalry boils over, and that's definitely what happened here, because um, right. Mr. Fantastic is is not the sort of character that's just like, I am going to fuck that guy up. Usually it's just like, I will stop this person, but I'm not, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do and no more. Whereas this is the first time we really see um, other than maybe Namor where Reed is just like, I will gut you in your sleep. I will right. slit your throat and fuck the hole. And it's just like, cool. Yeah. All right. He's angry. Um, <laughs> number one is uh, I there was a lot I really liked about the Marvel team up with. uh with Iron Fist and then the Daughters of the Dragon but I think the that my favorite part of that was Davos being consumed by, um, by the power of Shu I I forget whether they actually said whether it's specifically because he was unworthy or whether it was just his own lack of balance in his own mind uh, but I dig it. I dig the shit out yeah. of it. So, mm-hmm. uh, next week, and this is where that implied threat comes in, we do have some more Black Panther. Uh, <laughs> we have, we have, we have a, f-
1: I made a, dear, dear, dear listener, I made a face.
0: Yeah. Uh, the uh, we have the rest of this run of Marvel team up then some Eternals, Black Panther <coughs> and then kind of a smattering of uh, Hulk fan- an annual of Fantastic Four Power Man and then Avengers annual so uh, so yeah I did however I will say since we do have two annuals next week uh, I do, the week itself is shorter. So okay. it's not going to be 15 issues and two of them are annuals. Uh, but anyway, uh, so join us next time for all that. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us both individually and at Mu. Uh, listen to our other show How Marvelous uh, and uh, email us at watchersguidedgmail.com or visit our website at watchersguide.com please rate and review us wherever you listen Uh, and uh, yeah thanks so Have a marvelous week.
1: Bye.